Hey, George here. We're back in about a week for a big old episode about modes of communication. As in, if you have something to say, how do you choose whether to chat it, text it, talk it, maybe attach it to the leg of a carrier pigeon? There's lots of ways to talk, and we've got some expert insight to help you navigate that sea of choices. But first, since we're doing a lot of interviews each episode with a lot of interesting people, we tend to have a lot of juicy stuff left over that didn't quite fit into the show, but is still worth a listen. And we're calling them talking points. Better talking. In our small talk episode, I talked to Jellyvision writer-director Nate Parks, and we were talking about small talk in a professional setting, specifically in a job interview. One of the few instances where there are probably real stakes to your small talk. Nate's in a position now where he sits in as an interviewer sometimes, and he's got a great technique to help ease the awkwardness for the candidate on the other side of the table. Here's Nate. Like, you know, people will ask about like movies or TV shows. It's 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 interesting because it's immaterial what you talk about. The important thing is that you're talking because it affords a sense of connection. And that's when we start to get a sense of whether we can get past, at least in a job interview, that uh, that facade that the person has built up and that we're building too. But I, I find questions like, what's your favorite movie, are paralyzing because the stakes seem really, really high. So uh, I, I have crafted my, uh, my interview wall icebreaker question is, you get to throw a, a costume party, you get to choose the theme, and all of the costumes will be pro- professionally provided. Mm-hmm. What's the costume party? And I, I find that gets a lot more engagement because it's a really specific question, and it's more fun. I'm asking you not to like tell me what you think is good art so now you have to, are scared that you might be judged. I'm just telling you, like, what do you think would be fun to dress up like? So there you go. If you're ever in a job interview with Nate Parks, just be sure to take a few minutes beforehand to think about your dream costume-based party scenario, and you'll be good to go. Speaking of parties... When I was talking with our communications expert, Susan Carroll, she had a hot tip that I thought was helpful on how to generate small talk by drawing inspiration from your current environment. Yeah, so you walk up to someone and you at a party and you might say, so how do you know the host? Because that's a good opener at any party. If it's a business event, you might say, this is my first time at this event. What should I expect? You know, something like that. Or if you're... Uh, taking in your surroundings and you're in a beautiful building or it's on a gorgeous lake, you might say, wow, this building is spectacular. Can you believe this setting? And then they will say, I know it's amazing. Or they might not say that, but it sparks conversation. So you could look around you and see if there's something there that could spark conversation as well and use that as your opening. I also chatted with Susan about how to use small talk when you're talking with someone outside of your usual demographic, age, sex, whatever it might be. And this is probably something we could do a whole episode about in the future. But she had this really interesting insight about the value of small talk in retirement communities and how something that seems small to you or me might not be so small to someone else. I think when we're talking to anybody, understanding what their preferred mode of communication is can help us 
forge a better relationship with them, so to speak, if we're interested in that, and or just even achieve our purpose. If, if I go to a senior community, which I do frequently, uh, I see folks in that age range and the, the chit chat, the small talk is, is such an important part of their life when it comes to that sense of well-being and belongingness, just even a short conversation that I might have, love your sweater. How are you doing today? What'd you have for lunch? You know, that kind of thing is so important in that sense of well-being that taking five minutes to have that conversation is nothing to me and so important to them. Leslie, I'd like to close with a little story of my own that I'd shared with Nate during our chat. We were talking about transactional small talk, you know, the kind you do when you're at the store and you say hi to the cashier or whatever. I mentioned that I'd recently tried putting some of the small talk tips to the test that I'd been learning while putting together this episode. Here's the clip. As an experiment, I went to um, the store. This is about a year, year and a half ago I started doing this, where I just go up to somebody and I say, hey, how has your day been going so far? And I try to give it a little bit more of a finite timeline, and I get specific about the question. It demands at least some kind of response. You mm-hmm. can still get fine, yeah. but I'd say about a third of the time I get something more than that. Yeah, it's kind of like you're, you're asking someone to tell you a short story. Yeah, and it's not, you're not inviting them to tell them your life story. How are you doing is so open-ended, but generally... You get past that. So for last, for an example, last week I went to sandwich shop, and there was a young man who started the counter, and he says, well, how's it going? And I said, hi, how's your day been going so far? And he said, oh, pretty good. I just got here to work. Okay, cool. We're off to a start. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I said, oh, yeah. I said, so you're pretty fresh when you got in here? He's like, yeah, I, I walked over here. I made my way to the store. He's like, it's noon. He's like, but I have another job right after this. And I said, oh, wow, you worked two jobs. He's like, yeah, I'm in college. You know, I need money. Okay, so I'm not going to use this information for anything, but while he's sitting there making the sandwich, we are interacting and we can go through this process without it being as awkward. And it's just a way to engage people on a really human level without it being overly personal. I find this works really well in these types of situations where you're going through just a transaction that everybody goes through, but I like to just find a way to improve people's lives. And if somebody doesn't want to engage, they won't do it. Mm -hmm. But if there are other people who are like me, I find it's a really good way to just kind of make your day a little bit more delightful. Folks, sandwich artists are interesting people with stories to tell. I used to work in retail, and I always appreciated it when someone would just reach out with a little conversation to be a human. So make sure to ask them questions, and if they give you weird looks, just tell them that George put you up to it. Oh, and uh, be sure to tell them to check out the next episode of Talking Better. It's another great conversation with new interviews, new experts, and new neuroses about otherwise simple topics. Till then, thanks for listening, and we'll see you again soon. Talking Better.